0: Welcome to Romancing the Game, I'm Jordan Fishford.
1: I'm Tawny P. Thompson. And I am Sarah Babe. Yeah, welcome to our episode on Morrigan from the first Dragon Age game, Dragon Age Origins. Yes.
0: Hell yeah. Before we get any deeper, we have to issue a spoiler warning.
2: Do-do-do-do, spoiler alert! (laughs) Do, 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 do. Spoiler
1: alert. <laughs> I can't wait to see what those sound like, like later down the road after you've done like everything you can think of.
0: <laughs> it's going to be great. This podcast will contain spoilers, but not about Sarah's future artistic styling. <laughs> right. as is the nature of our discussing overarching plots and story we'll be covering various plot beats about the game during this show there will be spoilers on this episode the warning has been laid at your feet continue at your own peril and yeah, your that's own right. peril
2: your own risk <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: so obviously we'll be talking about the illustrious and wonderful Morgan, uh the human apostate mage um and witch of the wilds. Um just to go into a brief plot overview of Dragon Age: Origins so you kind of know what we're talking about. It's set in the fictional world of Thetis and in the fictional kingdom of Ferelden during a period of strife and war. <laughs> You are recruited into the Grey Wardens, an ancient order that stands against demonic forces known the as dark spawn.
2: Spawn.
0: the Dark And <laughs> you are tasked <laughs> with defeating the Arch Archdemon! Arch-demon. Arch-demon. <laughs> that commands them and to end their invasion.
1: And well, also region. known as the blight. The blight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let's Very just go. Very hard rock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go back over some information about Dragon Age Origins. Um, as Pretty a reminder, awesome. it was released in 2009, uh, and the light. Oh God, that's like forever ago. I know. Doesn't it feel so much longer ago? And like, it kind of shows like now that I'm going back and replaying, I'm like, that is not a tree. That's a hexagon. Like (laughs) 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 the Brazilian forest in particular, like, Ooh, I wish they would do a, um, a remaster. Yeah. Oh, please, please. Well, they're doing a remaster of, uh, Mass Effect. Of the Mass Effect. Yeah. But Dragon Age Age next.
0: Because Technically Mass Effect came out first. It
1: did by two years. Yeah. Um, but the lead writer on uh, on Dragon Age Origins was David Gator, and the other writers were Ferre Beaudoin, Cheryl Chi, Daniel Erickson, Jennifer Brandis Hepler, Mary Kirby, Lucas Christiansen, and Jay Turner. Woo-hoo. And Morgan was voiced by the epic and lovely Claudia Black. Fucking Claudia Black
2: uh, is yeah. amazing. I'm looking at her IMDb page because it's been a while since I've stared at her. And she's <laughs> blonde now and <laughs> still looks cool. And I'm like, what? Because yeah. she's from Farscape. She's from SG-1. Yeah. She's done... She's
1: I in- did not realize she had been in Xena. And I was like, hang on, just a fucking clock tick. Yeah, God damn it, that's exciting.
2: Yeah, she's done Voices in Gears of War. She's done Uncharted 3. Uh, she did Mass Effect 3, Admiral Darozen Vos and Matriarch Ethelitha. I, I, I was
0: more completely ecstatic when I realized that she was uh, Shazza in Pitch Black, because mm-hmm. I love the Riddick movies so much. Oh. That
2: I'm <laughs> like, oh my god. Riddick, the Riddick movies are like those movies that somebody's like, yo, I like Vin Diesel. I'm like, I fucking <laughs> love Pitch Black.
0: Because like, Pitch Black is my favorite. It's my favorite out oh, of the so Riddick movies. Well, and so- there's See,
1: something I, about I Claudia think- Black's voice that's just, she's got like the anger and disdain. Yes. Like so <laughs> down. Yeah. Yeah, you know why? Because she's Australian and badass. Yeah.
2: Because she's <laughs> just fucking Australian. Like, yeah. Australia's like, even their accents want
0: to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> well if the entire rest of the country is filled with beings that will at murder a second you. glance you know you might as well <laughs> right yeah you <laughs> like, to evolve with the times <laughs> but i mean if there's something
1: that her voice does very well it is like exude authority oh yeah like have you and seen farscape states. oh yeah Okay. Um, I'm actually, I'm working through it now. Ethan has liked it for a number of years and I'm finally working through it. Sidebar, oh, if y'all don't know about Farscape, it's a Jim Henson, Mass Effect style-ish. Like I would definitely liken it to the storyline of Mass Effect in space, but uh, in Henson puppets. I'm only like uh, one season in. I'm working on it.
2: It's more <laughs> like, it's more like Star Trek Voyager meets Jim Henson
1: yeah. meets a little bit of Bab 5. I am okay. really enjoying the Jim Henson puppetry, though.
2: It's so good. Pilot's the fucking best. Yeah,
1: but also Claudia Black, like murdering people with her glance.
2: Oh yeah, Yeah. <laughs> like, for real. Like, well, and then um, uh, shit. Her brother in the is it her brother in the,
1: or is it just her former commanding officer? I forget. I think it's her former commanding officer. Yeah,
2: that guy's a badass, too. Yeah. His fucking ponytail <laughs> fucking kill shit. <laughs> like his beard's just like, uh, I am beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Claudia Black is just amazing. Like, she's just she's just so awesome. And,
1: yeah, so, like, I was trying to do just, like, a little bit of basic research on her, and I can't really come up with, like, too much else other than that she grew up in Sydney, Australia. Mm-hmm. Um. And it sounds like she does some type of charity work nowadays. And I really couldn't get a lot of information on that either. I was like Twitter stalking her just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, As you do. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, she lists, let me find it here. Uh, She lists that she is a trauma and creativity coach and facilitator with, um, yeah, it doesn't really say what. And I tried like Googling that and like figuring out what that meant. And I'm not really sure, but it sounds pretty cool.
2: oh my god me and claudia black are the same height oh <laughs> how tall is she Oh, tall people you
0: guys can see eye to eye yeah. such a strength
2: i can look <laughs> at her in the why face why are you guys so tall we're not that know. i'm not that tall <laughs> you you're... you're just that short
0: <laughs> i <Rude>. am <laughs> it's not rude if it's true i'm like a quarter inch taller than you
1: probably yeah. depending I'm five Um, foot and three quarters of an inch, depending on the time of day, of course, you know, because you like shrink throughout the day as your spine like squishes. So (laughs) speaking of spine squishing, (laughs) Morrigan. Yes.
0: (laughs) I actually
1: super don't love Morrigan as a character. Uh,
2: That really kind of amazes me because I was listening to her, (sighs) uh, the romance lines and everything and I'm like. Wow, that kind of sounds like Tawny's character.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: Which character? What character Just like the just like the awkward of why are you oh, um, we don't, well, don't want feelings.
0: Okay, all right.
2: I'll give you that
1: piece. I will right, give you that like,
0: piece. <laughs> Not <laughs> like bad. I feel like Morrigan's romance is potentially the most interesting in terms of background motivations that you unravel very fraught. Like yes. the entire
1: romance is just fraught.
0: Yeah.
2: Well you've gotta you've gotta think. There's okay, a lot
0: going on. More, yeah.
2: <laughs> Girls got some baggage. Like oh, yeah. Not thank wrong. god no daddy issues because Jesus that would be awful.
0: Um kind of but, <laughs> I mean <laughs> But yeah, yeah, but the he, mommy she, issues are enough. <laughs> right. Well, no, and
2: you you gotta think, like, she is she is the daughter of Flemeth, who if you end up the playing list Tw- Witch of the Wilds. She's also revered by the fucking dalish And like, the
1: chastened
0: and the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh there's a lot. Like I think Asha that- bellinar
2: is what they call her. The mm-hmm. elves call her that. And you so you find out like Through all of the things that Morrigan tells you, and if you play through the rest of the series, you find out that Flemeth is a fucking
0: badass. Not dragon. Like, how do you. Like, that's your mom. Not only. Like, this is turning into spoilers for the entire series, but eh. Flemeth is just literally. When you first play this game and you have no exposure to this universe, you. Cannot guess who she is.
1: No, you no. literally. There's no way Could in not guess. No. Who? There's no way in hell. Actually is. Yeah. You could I Don't try. think you even have enough information as you you're don't. playing through the first no. game to you like really um, put two and two together. Who,
2: by the way, Flemeth is also voiced by.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, sh- I. Just, I don't I, know I who. Looked that up.
2: Kate Motherfucking
1: Mulgrew. Is that yes. seriously Kate Mulgrew? It's I wrote Kate a 10 paper on Star Trek and Diversity, and Kate Mulgrew was a big piece of that. Yeah. Um, Kate Mulgrew. She voices
2: Flemeth throughout the entire series. How did I not notice that? I don't know. I feel
1: I like fucking... I should recognize Kate Mulgrew's voice. You should, and you should feel disappointed in yourself.
0: I am disappointed <laughs> in myself. It is a good voice. I mean, didn't we just say... In the last episode, a lot about her because she voiced. No, somebody. that's not. That was
1: not Kate Mulgrew. That was, um, uh, matriarch Benazia. Oh Dina, yeah, that yes, that, yep. um, Dina, Um, yep, yep. I thought
0: yep. we already mentioned the actress? Kate Mulgrew. Marina
1: Certis. No. Marina Certis. Thank you. Who
2: is dainty as fuck, and yes. she's so <laughs> adorable, and I mean that in a non-condescending way. Yeah. Well, actually. Nichelle Nichols yeah. is adorable. She she's Nichols. like strong, adorable. Yeah. And then Marina Sirtis is also strong adorable. So it's like storable, but that's a different word completely. And I have <laughs> um I You're like, Star- I, like Star- I like Star I like Star Trek. You do?
1: That so, is a great <laughs> statement. <laughs> Kate Mulgrew hasn't done a ton of other video games. Uh mm-hmm. Dragon Age, and then there's some Star Trek games and some things I've never heard of.
2: Yeah, but she she's great. Yeah, um, and Flemeth like Flemeth like your mother is literally a legend. Uh-huh. Like your mother is literally the person they tell stories, stories about to also, scare children from wandering off into the woods.
1: It makes yeah. a lot of sense for Kate Mulgrew to be like the spiritual mother of of claudia black it totally works that authority like works its way down
2: oh my gosh yeah (laughs) like it's it's just amazing and like you find morrigan has been raised in a swamp basically the the kakari wilds so she does she has barely had any contact with any human like one of her
1: has probably spent more time as an animal as a shapeshifter as an animal than as a human
2: yeah, because she can. She spent time as a cat, spent time as a wolf. So I mean, she really. She, yeah, she just she's so n- removed from this current society that she she talks different from everyone else. She logics different from everyone else, but it's all you know dependent on where she came from. Mm-hmm. She's a very interesting
1: character, Jordan. How does that make you feel knowing that Morrigan could? become a spider at any point
0: i try not to think about it when i'm not playing the game and it's a very useful <laughs> ability for her to throw out at enemies <laughs> but oh, are you are you scared of spiders sweet? i am not afraid of anything <laughs> i just feel uncomfortable <laughs>
1: when, when we lived together i was the spider killer when oh, okay.
0: i'm surprised at their proximity let's put it that way <laughs>
1: okay okay no it's cool it's cool I like, we live past. Together, them. I was
0: the spider killer.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: I, I um, can live around them, but I was going to any, say. Sorry, if it on. helps any, Brad is
2: the spider master. He takes them and gets them outside. See, so. that's
0: it's a good thing to be. I can do it. I live by myself. I'm a grown ass woman that can. <laughs> yeah, I help my you. own spiders. I know. However, you. I
1: don't prefer them. I will <laughs> but, also point out that if I get startled by a spider, like it's over
0: yeah <laughs> it's when see the problem is i had several experiences where i would turn my head to the left and a spider will just have hung down from bare ceiling on their strand of silky Silk. yarn and just at my eye level where they couldn't have been going towards anything except for my body and i don't fuck with that <laughs> i'm like no thank no, you. May-
2: <laughs> maybe they were just trying to say hi jordan maybe they're just trying to say hi.
0: I needed to do more jumping jacks growing up is what I'm thinking <laughs> about now because they would not have done that if I was waving my arms a- around wildly in the air. <laughs> Could
2: be. But uh, So Morgan. Yeah. Morgan.
0: I was going <laughs> to turn say a couple a things. Yes, she can do that. I was going to say a couple things about her mannerisms because I love her a lot. And I was doing notes as I was um, going through her play through in Dragon Age and her, um, you know, romance. Um, but <laughs> for a character that tells you within the story that her interactions with humans were literally her experimenting on how to speak to and how to manipulate, not, mm-hmm. n- not only manipulate, but also, how to come off as normal <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> like she talks about that's how, a form of manipulation well yeah, yeah that's then all of us manipulate tawny i mean <laughs> <It's>, yes absolutely <laughs> You're not <yeah>. wrong but <laughs> so it's her learning how to be in a human society because she did grow up in bumfuck nowhere kakari wilds in a hut in the woods, with the only person that she knows is her mother. Listen, is- I'm not saying you hear a
2: banjo every time you go to Flemish <laughs> cabin, but ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding.
0: You really That's do. really hard to play, by the way. Um- yeah. <clears throat> but her speech <laughs> and her mannerisms are super flowery, and she speaks very formally. Yes. And, like, properly. Not necessarily politely, because she's definitely not always nice to you. Mm-hmm. But – it's always like very formal, which makes me feel like most of the language that she learned was probably from reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or for sure. not so much in conversation with her mother, because her mom talks kind of normally. <laughs> like, yeah, you Flemeth is a same. little
1: like when you first yeah. run across Flemeth um, when you're in Ostagar and you go out to find the Grey Warden treaties, um, and. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could just start going through her storyline. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. probably a good call. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Duncan, after you get uh, taken by the Grey Wardens, uh, sends you out on a quest to get uh, Darkspawn blood and also these Grey Warden treaties that have been hiding in the forest for apparently thousands of years in a chest, in an abandoned fort. Um Listen, we don't judge how you store
2: your paper.
1: I mean, just it seems like they wouldn't even last even in a really nice chest for a thousand years. They're probably made of flesh.
0: There (laughs) is magic in this universe. So I I feel i give them the benefit of the doubt that either the treaties are magic to not decompose or the chest that they were kept in was magic. Fair point. To keep them safe. I give them the benefit of the doubt because there is magic. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, regardless, you find the chest wherein the treaties did lay, uh, and instead of finding the treaties, you find Morrigan, who is incredibly condescending to you. Um, oh, for sure.
0: And then Let's just say, her entrance, though, is <laughs> it's fantastic. It is really like, dope. You're in this cutscene, and you're like looking at the chest, and you're realizing it's not there, and all of the PC and NPC characters are looking around like, huh, what? Where would they have been? Mm-hmm. And you just sh- hear her say, well, well. And then, like, she just comes in and starts, like, like shit-talking you all. Yes. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah, <was> like,
1: <laughs> Instantly
0: well, was well. like, I'm going to love this person. Yes. And can we take – sorry to sidetrack again. Can we take this moment, since this is her character introduction, to talk about her fucking outfit? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, character? girl. It's so not <laughs> reminds me – um, if
1: y'all remember Final Fantasy Ten?
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Yuna with the she has like a tree branch dealy thing in one that. of her outfits that I it's never really played any Final Fantasy. Okay, well it was yeah. Uh okay. Well, callback for me on that. Uh yeah. Morrigan has a lot of side boob, I guess is what and we're probably front saying. And front boob. Yeah.
0: It's and, like middle boob. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. She's Basically wearing a scarf over her boobs with a couple of strings keeping the front closed, kind of. And there's and by a hoodie front closed, part. I mean, yeah. not falling further apart.
1: <laughs> it physics better. It physics is better than matriarch Banesia. Right.
0: That makes a lot more
1: sense. Yeah.
0: Slightly true. I I am a little sad that you don't really get hood up during the game. Yeah. yeah that makes for me her sad because the hood up look is awesome it is like dope. her shirt wear it. type of thing <laughs> has um like feathers on one shoulder and then it has this really dope hood that has feathers on the top which i'm gonna say the only mage hat that i like in this entire game <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. hide hat Boom. Yes,
1: <laughs> I think the interesting thing is that, like, so Morgan has grown away, grown up away from the male gaze. Like, so whatever yeah. she's wearing is not. However, I do kind think of. that
0: this outfit is a little bit male gazey. It is a hundred percent male gaze because her not- mom is wearing a full fucking dress when you meet well, her. <laughs> it does not make
1: sense for the life which she lives, in which, no. like, you would think having something a little more rugged and a little more. Um, utilitarian would make more sense. Yeah, Yeah. like you live in the woods, man.
0: Yeah. You ever
2: crawled around in the woods? Like in a swamp? I have. Like
0: Like wet. You don't wear that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You wear polyester because cotton stays cold and does not dry. Well, to be fair, I don't think... I know, polyester probably didn't exist. But regardless, you're covering up as much as possible because mosquitoes, because sun, because like whatever, and you're wearing fabrics that can be washed regularly. Yeah. Easily.
0: So while the design is hot and the design (laughs) is badass in like a sexy way, in terms of actual wearability by a a human woman- That's a no for me, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a going-out
1: outfit. Like, I would wear that to a bar when I was thinking about picking someone up, which, you know, I haven't done in over a decade, but still. <laughs>
0: like, the pants were cool is why I'm kind of mad. The necklace is cool. Like, yeah. it's a big, chunky, like, golden mm-hmm. thing. The pants are, like, a whole shit ton of buckles and boots and, like, fur. But, you know just no shirt even though she's wearing full pants it's just an interesting choice.
2: you know and maybe the- it's um maybe it she is wearing full clothing but uses her witch powers to look like that an illusion <laughs> maybe. yeah because in the romance scenes when you're blanking she's got a strapless bra on That's
1: true. (laughs) Yeah, but that's because every female character in Dragon Age, when they're nude, has a strapless bra on.
2: But
0: yeah, what happens
2: is could be a thing.
0: (laughs) That's true. It could, in actual literal terms, it is all an illusion, anyways. Because when they undress the characters, they're literally taking the entire skin off of them so they can show (laughs) the underwear skin. (laughs) (laughs) I would also
1: say that the. And this is another callback, but the skirt pants remind me of Lulu from Final Fantasy X. So I oh, guess maybe yeah. Morgan is just
0: very Final Fantasy X like. I, I can see it. Anyhow. <laughs> Sorry, but to get back on track, yes, then she comes and makes fun of you all, as well as like really being mean to Alistair.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh! I, well I have to say. To her. Wait, I have to find. I have to find it and I cuz I have to say it because it's my favorite line in the entire
1: game. I know. Now have a dog and Alistair is still. The- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh, <clears throat> oh, the one that leads to Alistair saying "Swooping is bad." Right. <laughs> <I'm afraid. laughs> Where she was I? referencing, like, swooping in. Uh, okay, here
2: we go. How odd we now have a dog and Alistair is still the dumbest one in the party.
0: Yes. And <laughs> I just said. Yes.
2: I know, but I said I was going to say
0: it, and you
2: totally were like, hey, is that your thunder? Excuse me. I'm going to seal it.
1: (laughs) I had it. It was on my notes right right there. It's all good. It's all good. In (laughs) front (laughs) of my face at the moment that you said there's a line, and I was like, is it this line? (laughs)
0: Luckily, from there, after they've been mean to each other... um, (laughs) She and brings if, you back and you meet her
1: mom. Well, and if you're polite to her, she, like, kind of cool. tones it down just a little bit. She's like, yeah. oh, okay, you're not going to be a dick. I will be okay. not a dick to you, but I'm going to be a dick to all your friends. Right, <laughs> so, <yeah>. right. <laughs> Which, Which at the I time is surrounded by, a, a, you know, a bunch of bros.
2: Now, right. she's not in Dragon Age 2,
0: right? Oh. She's referenced, but she doesn't appear. Correct. Okay. She's referenced in, like, very specific scenarios. Yeah. Huh. But, man. That is yeah.
2: interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, she takes you back to Flemeth's hut to get the treaties. Um, and, yeah, and Alistair is super rude the whole time, which
0: is – Because he is. Yeah. He's a Templar. He can yeah. tell they're mages, yeah. <laughs> which makes him very nervous because, you mm. know, he's still harboring that uh, Templar prejudice. Yep. Um,
1: I mean, to be fair, he
2: was kind of a shitty Templar. Yeah. <laughs>
1: he ever he never became a full templar no. so that helps no he did no yeah he did i don't think so no yeah, because
0: did. before the he never
1: took his
2: vows oh yeah. he never yeah he never got addicted to delirium
0: exactly right. yep um then you guys kind of go back and do your whole horrible ostagar massacre thing and Flemis mm-hmm. Flemis flemeth swoops down And saves you guys off of the top of the tower where you would have been murdered horribly and probably consumed by Dark Spawn. By that awful ogre. Yes. Which they throw an ogre at you so early
1: in the game. What the fuck? (laughs) Do they do do that in freaking?
2: They do that in Dragon Age 2 as well. They do. They do do that.
0: It's always like, what the hell? Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) Sometimes it do be like that. (laughs) <laughs> but
0: I did, I did when you then wake up in Plymouth's hut. And this time when it happened, I was like, damn, her hut is actually really big Really for big. just being like self-made out in the middle of the wilds, Like,
1: yeah. But also I as far as you know, she's, she's been living there for hundreds of years. So yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you think depending on what Morgan tells you later, that's not necessarily true. since yeah. They've been moving around the my. uh, the wilds to That's keep true. That's true. the Templars from finding them. At but, that um, point you'd think they'd have like a yurt. <laughs> but anyhow. Do, is that, is <laughs> that how you like, eat? Like the Dalish people? <laughs> I
1: Arupal? just feel like a yurt would be something that would like like allow you to move around easily and like still be like a semi-permanent style of housing. Anyhow.
2: What if you have to eat the yurt?
0: <laughs> you could yeet a yurt if you tried because that's the whole point uh anyways (laughs) that's when you finally start getting some one-on-one conversation time with morgan because she reveals that you know she helped nurse you and alistair back to health um and then letting you know like she answers your questions about what happened at astagar she lets you know if you ask her about it that um Loghain just completely quit the field and abandoned the King's forces and the great wardens to be massacred. Um, Tells you Alistair is not taking it well. Kind Um, of rudely. She does it pretty rudely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she tells you that her mom wants to talk to you. So then you kind of get into the whole, Morgan's mom wants you to take her on your quest to defeat the blight. Um, And this is the first, yeah. This is the first time you can kind of set the tone
1: of your relationship with Morgan. Like, is she uh, a burden on you, or is she like a member of the team?
2: I usually choose to be really nice
1: to her. Oh, same. Me too. Because, like, you know, why be mean?
0: Yeah, I like her. you know, Alistair pulls so, the okay. whole
1: like, oh, the Grey Wardens have always taken on random help wherever they can get it. And you're like, okay, man. Like
0: After just- at first he was like, do we have to take her? And it's like, we literally could use all the help we could get. you know? <laughs>
2: you're like, there are literally like two of us right now. You what are you talking and about? and a dog. What
0: are you fucking saying?
2: <laughs> the bark spawn. Yes, the
0: bark spawn. Uh, Rambo. But I think like first of all this is like kind of getting into it maybe we'll keep it back until the end when we do a reveal but Flemeth Flemeth says yeah you guys really need to do this and follow this path to stop the blight and Morgan's going to make sure you get that done. Like, we have to stop the blight. It's going to ruin Elden. And I believe she also gives you the, uh,
1: the excuse that Morgan has never really been away from home. And this is a really good chance for her to, like, get out and, like, yeah. learn yeah. what it means to be a human person. Like,
0: <laughs> Yes. yes. So. And obviously she has an ulterior motive. <laughs> but uh, I think, like, this is part of the time when you can start talking to Morgan about what she wants like what her goals are like what interests her because you talk to her about leaving the wilds and one of my favorite quotes from her is what I want to see is mountains I wish to witness the ocean and step into its waters I want to experience a city rather than see it in my mind because she has been stuck in the wilds her entire life and her experience outside of the wilds has been like the itty-bitty towns that are nearby which when you get to the closest settlement that she leads you to Lothering, it's tiny as hell it's,
2: <laughs> it's super so small, small. it's so don't ever small. go past one page of scrolling when you do an image search for Morgan no why would you do that at least yeah safe search yeah
1: I was gonna say maybe with safe search
2: <laughs> I, I I can't unsee what I've just seen yeah
1: I mean she witchy as fuck, so. Um yeah. it um
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I people over sexualize her a fuck ton because she seems like the bad girl type. But she's um, not. She's really not. And that's I think the weird thing for me. Uh, and one of the reasons that I don't necessarily I don't feel like her character is really fully fleshed because she's so hot and cold and like from the start she's kind of disdainful about almost everything eventually you get her to crack open a little bit and even if you're just being her bro like it's like you kind of come to understand where she's coming from but now that I've watched all of the romance stuff she becomes all like mushy and marshmallowy and gooey
0: and so here's the thing that I have always had like the reason I find her so interesting is because her viewpoint on the world is so cold and pragmatic because of the way Flemeth has raised her Mm -hmm. because her mother is also super cold and and, like pragmatic as we'll discuss with why she's had so many daughters (laughs) Um, and how the centuries old uh, woman has been able to stay alive for so many centuries. (laughs) (laughs) because Morgan is a mage, first of all. So Mm -hmm. she's been hunted down her entire life. An apostate mage. Yes. (laughs) Which means she's illegal. Like she's considered an illegal person, like just by existing that way. And she's under the impression that her mother is an abomination. And an abomination in the Dragon Age universe is a mage that's been possessed by a, demon or like a trickster spirit like the Mm -hmm. bad the bad spirits in the fade which is like the ethereal plane you know with ethereal plane i know how to say words (laughs) the ethereal plane where all of the ghosts and spirits and all of that fun stuff live um Mm -hmm. so she's like kind of under the impression that her mother is possessed by like a mean ghosts like and not it's not usually considered okay to be possessed <laughs> like, yeah some stuff later on will give you alternate viewpoints to what can happen in those situations in very specific circumstances mm-hmm. but by calling her mother an abomination it never really had the good connotations that are right kind of possible well I think you and gotta like,
2: look at you gotta look yeah. at the definition of Morgan is using the words that the Grey Warden can understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she's using the word abomination, but it's not the same connotation as what the circle would call an abomination because Flemeth is in control.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is like, you see other examples of her saying you would understand it as blah, blah. Like you would say this is blood magic or that kind of thing. And I don't remember her describing it and then saying like you would think of as an abomination or something Mm. like that, which is why it kind of stuck out to me.
1: But she does also like, she kind of questions you on your belief system and she's like, so how do you feel about it? Mm -hmm. Like, do you think that I'm an abomination and a terrible person and I should be locked up and whatever? And so the playthrough that I watched, um, because i've never played a male warden because fuck that um but the playthrough that i watched he was a circle mage um so he was coming from the super sheltered life of a circle mage and then trying to understand someone that to him is basically an an abomination um and yeah she she has some comments about like so should i have been cloistered up do you think that helped you was that good for you (laughs) <laughs> and uh the person that i watched responded how i would have which was mm-hmm. um like no i i think your skills sound very useful and also like it kind of sucked being in the circle tower so <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah you know
1: right.
0: <laughs> it's um, uh, it's wizard jail
1: yeah <laughs> right so that was interesting because you know she responds like surprised that you would have that thought process because obviously like she has some kind of perceptions of circle mages in the same way that a circle mage would have perceptions on an apostate. Yeah. Um, and And who they are and what they do.
0: One of the other reasons that I find her character kind of weird is they sort of put her in every single dragon age game. You make decisions throughout the world and Those decisions affect the approval of your party members that are with you as you're making these decisions. Like if you decide to punch that guy in the face, the nice member might be like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. And the sort of more badass member would have been like, you should have punched him harder. I'm glad you at least punched him though. Yeah. But Morgan's approval ratings tend to lean, they lean towards pragmatic options for sure. They, like, select a lot of more evil lined options for yes. her than I would really expect. Like, I agree. And I thought that was odd, too. Like, sometimes... Because yeah. uh, she's not cruel. Right. Like, as a person... The stories that she tells you and how she's grown up and the respect that she has for nature and all of that stuff shows that she's not necessarily cool. Mm -hmm. It's weird that they would go that route for her character when I see her more as like a chaotic neutral type if we're going to put her in an alignment spectrum. I
2: don't don't ever think of her as evil. I think of her as... Of absolutely 100 percent just pragmatic.
1: No, yeah. I agree, but like sometimes when you make the evil decisions, she says like, "Oh yeah, that's the decision I would have made and you get like yeah. a plus ten approval rating, and it's because you like murdered someone and you're like,
0: yeah.
1: whoa, okay, that's, but, uh, <laughs> well, sometimes murder is pragmatic.
0: I feel like in the <sighs> certain situations it was more unnecessary. <laughs> <You> <laughs> or
1: like know? if you decide to spare some, or uh, the first time I remember this happening actually is when you first get to Lothering and there's all the bandits on the road that are like ex- extorting, um, the people who are running away from all the shit that's going down in Ostagar and the Darkspawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can either just outright murder all of them, or you can say, I'm going to turn you into the Templars, in which case you wind up killing them anyways. Yeah. Um, Or you can say, get the fuck out of my sight and never come back here again. Um, And either of those other two options where you don't just, like, purposefully murder them, uh, Morgan's, like, not okay with it. And you get, like, a negative five from her, like, right away. And she's just like, you should have just fucking murdered them. And you're like, Jesus, okay, here we are. Like, they were obviously profiteering off of a really shitty situation, but they were probably coming out of a really shitty situation. So...
0: I I feel like they take it too far because in her individual stories, she doesn't ever like indiscriminately kill people Mm -hmm. just because it's the easiest option, I feel like. So that's sort of where I get. But at the same time, if she sees
2: someone that she considers to be quote unquote evil, she has no problem disposing of them.
0: Yeah, she doesn't feel regret. And I I totally get that. Like, there are some where I'm like, yeah, I can see why Morgan would feel like that. But some of them are, like, cheating people or stealing and doing that kind of stuff. And stealing is something I know she doesn't have too much of a problem with. She's mm-hmm. definitely done that before.
2: Well, she, Yeah, she's had to. She grew up in the wilds.
0: Yes. Well, but
1: even if, um like, when you're trying to free Sten in the first place, and as a warrior, like, nine times out of ten, my uh, – my, rating for convincing people of shit is not great. And if you try to do that before you get Leliana, you can threaten the Reverend mother. I mean, you can do that with Leliana, but if you have Leliana, it's a little easier to be like, Hey, she says you should let me take him and it'll work. Um, But the first time I ever played through, I didn't think of that. Like I I didn't know I was going to get Leliana at some point, whatever. And that would be easier. So I tried to do the whole thing and I wound up threatening the Reverend mother and Morgan Alistair goes. Alistair is pissed. Alistair Morgan gets pissed, and you get like a negative ten. Uh, and Morgan's like, "Oh, oh, I like you. We're threatening." religious people i like it and you get like a plus five and i was like i only did it because i felt like i had to because i knew i wanted this party
0: membership. but
2: you have to think it's a it's a mother of the chantry the chantry is connected to the circle greatly and that's who she's been running from her entire life
0: that's also why during the quest of sacred ashes she has approval for the choices you can make during that mm-hmm. shit show. Um, but for some of them, like dealing with the dwarves and like that kind of stuff, I don't know. I figured her pragmatism would include stuff more along the lines of persuasion mm-hmm. than just straight up aggressiveness than I sort of saw in the game. However, that aside, her character, like Tawny said, is very hot and cold because there's a lot going on in the background that your character isn't made aware of immediately (laughs) and you know some stuff morrigan learns about you know as time goes on because you can pick up um her mother's grimoire yes Yes. i was about to say you do some fun quests and then she tells you there's a grimoire in the circle tower you pick it up you give it to her. She's very shocked and pleased that you did the side quest that she mentioned because she has no faith in people. So you actually complying with the request that she gave you um, made her happy, which is really sad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, there's a lot. Well, you, you, during your conversations with her, you find out, that she has like a need and she likes things and she wants things. And her mother is so desperate to protect her and sort of keep her secret and be obeyed that Mm -hmm. like at one point, Morgan steals a mirror. That's exact. I was going to say the scene where she, yeah. Yeah. From a noble lady that Mm -hmm. was traveling on the road. Uh, She snuck in there, stole like this very pretty bejeweled hand mirror that this really wealthy woman had and secreted it away back to their home. And Flemeth found it and was pissed because she was endangering herself. She was still a young child Mm -hmm. and she smashed it. Like Mm -hmm. she just smashed it to teach her a lesson to teach her a lesson. And like that scarred Morgan. Like she can't have nice things. Like it'll be get taken away from her.
2: I mean, I remember when I was about like five And my sister blamed me for eating all of the cookies when she clearly lied about it. And for reference, that was over 30 years ago. I'm still pissed.
0: That's fair.
1: (laughs) Like, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I remember even like the first gift that you give her, even if it's just one of like the rando gifts that you could give to anyone, she makes kind of a big deal out of it. She's like, well, what is this for? You're like, oh I just I mean, I, I thought you might like it. She's like, what do you want in return? Right. And you're, you're like, we yeah, just wanted to just, give you
0: something. <laughs> I thought you
1: might like it and I had it, so I figured I'd give it to you. So it's yours now.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. And it freaks her out because with her interactions with her mother, with her training, with her experiences with other strangers that she's met in the world, every interaction, it's been a give and take. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll give you this because you're going to give me this, or you're giving me this because you want me to give you this. So these lessons have helped make her the pragmatic, self-serving person that she is because Mm -hmm. she knows that If she doesn't serve herself, nobody else is going to go out of their way to do it. And Mm -hmm. in the wild, like, it is sort of a, you have to hunt your own food. You have to go and do this thing. And she grew up in practicing wild shape where she took animal shapes and understood Mm -hmm. them and fended for herself. And, you know, sometimes to get something, it has to be at the expense of others. And she internalized that lesson, and that, like, informs so much of her as a character. Mm -hmm. And then you get Flemeth's grimoire (laughs) from the Circle Tower, which at first Morgan is very happy to have received. (laughs) Um, And then she learns what's in the the grimoire. Yeah.
1: Oh, yes. And, yeah, I mean, this is where you find out that Flemeth has been not necessarily having daughters, but stealing girl children, raising them as her own, and then stealing their bodies for thousands of years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, possessing. And I don't know, did they say specifically that she was stealing children? I'm pretty sure. because They, they imply it. Okay. Well, because you have the
1: option of asking Morgan, you're like, well, what if, what if you have other family? Like, what what would that mean for you? And she's like, well, Flemeth raised me. So I don't fucking know. Like, it doesn't
0: matter to me. And you're like, okay, well, yeah. okay. I just she, thought I'd put it up there. She kind of does <laughs> the thing where she's like, there was rumors of, it could be, have been like a, ch- a chastened man, you know, that she could have seduced or lured, mm-hmm. um, but it wouldn't have been somebody that was around her as she's grown up. Mm-hmm, and I right. thought they, I thought they left it kind of open. They kind I was of did. thinking about it, and I did assume, I have always assumed before I did this entire watch through that she was just like a foundling child, like a lone child that Fleming had taken and nobody missed or that she stole away to make sure it was like a mage or that kind of thing. But I feel like the way that Flemeth does stuff, she wouldn't be able to guarantee their magical power. Mm -hmm. Whereas if she had a strong family line and possesses the daughter of her the body of her daughter and then gets that body pregnant and then possesses the body of that daughter. But there's nothing, there's something to be said for
1: like she could raise multiple children, like, kind of in a row, and if they don't show any sort of magical... She does have centuries.
0: Yeah. She did say that her her growth and stuff <clears throat> is a lot slower. That mm-hmm. is
1: true. <laughs> so she has time to, like, find the right body to steal,
0: mm-hmm. if you will. With all of, like, Flemeth's weird hang-ups and, like, power stuff where she holds herself so much above others. Mm -hmm. I really can't imagine her seducing anybody. (laughs) No. (laughs) Or taking anybody to bed, honestly, unless they were like on her level, which we know there's only like a couple people there, probably. And they're probably not actually in existence. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Not truly. Yeah. But But then so then
1: this is where Morrigan gives you the quest to go and murder Flemeth for her.
0: Oh, yes. which I yeah. always, when I play the game, I leave that so late because <laughs> I'm like, that's going to be a hard boss battle. She turns into a fucking dragon. It's a really Please. fucking hard boss battle. Yeah. It is. It's a hard one. You don't have to fight it, mm. but.
1: <laughs> I do.
0: Like, I always do. Well <laughs> oh, of course. If I can fight a dragon, I choose yeah. to do that always. However, when you do go to Flemeth, you know morgan convinces you she tells you all of this information about how there's not any other option you know if she runs Flemeth will be able to find her if you know she just completes this mission then she'll end up having to go back there to what wait for Flemeth to take possession of her you know if she wants to do a spell or try to ward away the possession she has to first find out what the components of that ritual are, which Mm -hmm. she can only find out from Flemeth's true grimoire, which Flemeth has in her possession and will not fucking give to you. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And she's not going to be like, Hey mom, can I borrow your book
2: for a while?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and she asks you, she asks you when you go to murder Flemeth to not bring her with you Mm -hmm. because she's not sure that when Flemeth leaves her body, that she wouldn't be able to just take her.
0: Which is amazing, yeah. by the way, in hindsight, with um, the entirety of the Archdemon stuff. Yeah. If you think about that. hmm And the revealed information that you then learn about Flemeth later on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, very, <laughs> it's very equivalent, and it, it makes you think, how much do you – does she actually know about Flemeth that she right. might not have said? Cause she gives you a lot of Flemeth's history as told in legends. You know, she'll say this is what the chasens think about her. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what they think her background was. This is what Flemeth has claimed to mean herself.
1: Yeah. And that's when she tells you the whole story of like, Oh, Flemeth was married to this dude. And then some other dude bought Flemeth off of the dude that she was married to, but she was like in love with the dude that, Sold her, and like it turns into this whole like thing. really crazy like human trafficking story where you're like I can
0: understand why Flemeth would be fucking insane. So the thing that's so weird about that story. So let me tell you guys at home what it is in case you never caught this. As discussed in this story online, Morgan tells you that the chastened have a tale about Flemeth that she was married to a Lord and ran off with her lover, uh, a bard that was um, super like sweet and lovely and showed her a lot of love. However, uh, she says that Flemeth has some corrections to the story, that the who, the person she was actually married to was the bard, and they didn't have any money. And, you know, their love had kind of fizzled and Flemeth thought it would be a good idea and agreed to marry this lord for the purposes of the lord giving her husband money. Mm -hmm. And after this, she learns that, oh, the lord actually just didn't pay him. He just took him off to a clearing and killed this guy. So he'd get to have Flemeth and then not have to pay this guy because he was gambling with money he didn't actually have. Right. And this sort of story that Morgan grew up with is like, oh, so maybe, like, she's never seen, like, actual love on display. If she's given these sort of stories about just throwing it to the side. So yeah, I don't know. There's
1: something like the entire Flemeth's entire backstory, like because there's 17 different versions of the story, mm-hmm. and Morgan even admits to you that she finds Flemeth to be an unreliable narrator.
0: Oh yeah, and
1: it's interesting to say the least. And I would
0: say makes, it it's makes you valid. understand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it makes you
1: understand why Morgan maybe has such ridiculous trust
0: issues. I mean, throughout this, we find out that, first of all, that story is at most only partially true Mm -hmm. because of what we find out about Flemeth in the first place. And then the fact that throughout her life, like, Morgan also has been taught to manipulate people. like. As we mentioned slightly earlier, they used to move around the wilds pretty frequently because Templars would occasionally come in to hunt the witch and witches of the Mm wilds. And that would cause them to have to run and hide. And Flemeth would use her to lay traps. Like she would put her as like a... Bait. Be like an unsuspecting, scared woman or girl, because I'm sure for this the happened Templars No less, yeah, right. And Morgan does explain that when this was happening when she was young, Flemeth turned it into a game that they were playing in order to keep her from fearing for her life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, which is great, which is good. But and you so can that ask her about this. Dehumanizes the entire thing, you know. Once you start to learn more about it, because these are deadly traps that are being laid, not friendly traps. Right.
1: <laughs> well, you can ask Morgan about that. You're like, don't you think this is maybe a little bit messed up? And that's when it comes out. She's like, well, she was trying to protect me from like the terror of it all. And you're like, okay, I guess I can see that. But damn,
0: yeah, <laughs> it's true. I mean, there isn't really a, a good way. To combat that, mm-hmm. you know, they're, that's true. It's not, you can't just run forever and hide and then only fight when you get caught and instill that fear in a kid, right? It's not healthy for them. I mean, you have children today that are raised in fear fearful circumstances and, science and psychology see as time moves on how detrimental that is for development and Mm -hmm. health and mental health like everything Mm -hmm. i mean
2: i was terrified as a kid but that was mainly because i thought i saw things in the shadows all the time
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and how how does that help you right now sarah probably not great i am
2: (laughs) not on multiple psychiatric medications
0: yeah (laughs) right so like It's understandable (laughs) that Flemeth would try to shield her from as much fear as possible. Mm -hmm. And I guess manage her expectations of outside interaction by telling her all of the awful stories that she told her. She was right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's especially like, you
1: know, she grew up running with foxes and like, whatever, like that's gotta be a very, very different thing from being in a human village. And then Mm -hmm. in this case, like, apparently falling in love with a human man even if he is a gray warden and it's all under the premise of a thing that we'll talk about a little bit later <laughs> like-
2: <laughs> okay okay yes. follow me on this one. Yes. Oh no morrigan uh-huh. is just like hilda from the series hilda on netflix i haven't um, watched that because hilda grew up in the middle of nowhere outside of trollsburg and never really had much kids to play with just like morrigan
0: Uh, I've never seen Hilda. I would be making a lot more connections if
1: I ever saw that show. (laughs) I'm thinking of (laughs) 10th Kingdom and the Evil Queen. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we lost Jordan there for a second, and I don't know if this is going to cut together super well, so I'm going to just add in this little note in case it doesn't that I can leave
0: in. Yeah, uh, it's Spectrum's fault. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. <laughs> uh,
1: but I guess I, I was wrong saying, by being on Spectrum. Sorry. Continue. Sarah <laughs> said something about uh, Hilda. Hilda, which we don't know the reference to. Uh, yeah. So I was saying that I was reminded of the evil queen from um, Tenth Kingdom. And then Jordan was going to say something that she's going to say now. I thought you
0: were comparing her to Wolfie. Oh, no. So, I I don't I don't think I'd compare her to the evil queen. I, I think, are you talking about Flemeth or Morrigan here? Flemeth. Okay. Flemeth, I can kind of see because she does have that very selfish viewpoint and in the end, she ends up actually loving her daughter, I guess, probably. But I guess like, I probably, guess, probably is the part yeah. that we need to focus on here. Yeah. See, it's, it's weird because the way they have this story written and how it's set up, I don't think there's really an equivalent in another story that I've there's really not. seen. Because in their interactions you can totally believe based off of your interactions with Flemeth and what you learned from Morgan, that yeah, Flemeth is gonna um, possess Morgan. Like Morgan's like the training that they detail in the book is exactly what training you're supposed to do. She was probably sending me out on this mission with the blight in order to get even stronger, to make it easier for her to possess me. Once that possession comes through, it's like, A million things always pop in and pop up and none of it looks good for Flemeth. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing that counts towards her slightly is that when you bring this up to Flemeth, when you're sent to kill her, she goes, oh, that's not true. (laughs) 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 And then you're like, so you've
1: been lying to your daughter this whole time.
0: Yeah. And she'll be like, I have a deal for you gray warden you can take my grimoire and i'll leave here and then it'll be fine we don't have to fight i'll just get out of here we can deal with all of this after the blight is over because she doesn't want to kill you necessarily because she kind of needs you alive for her own purposes Mm -hmm. or you can not do that and fight her, because she turns into a giant dragon <laughs> as soon as you fight her. But it's not either way, fight. yes, it's definitely it's not. not. It's one of the harder in fights way, in the game. Form. Yeah. Um, I think I would only... Like, the dragon fights in Dragon Age Origins were actually hard. Mm-hmm. They were actual difficult fights, which I don't think really translated into the... Inquisition. Second game. Yeah. In in Inquisition, not either. I feel like the With Inquisition, Inquisition you just needed to
1: time them properly, and it was fine. As long as you didn't try to take on certain area dragons too soon.
0: Yeah. Because the areas themselves are leveled. So they're assuming that you're gonna be fighting the dragons as you get through those areas. And usually you end up leaving an area if it's Mm -hmm. too high leveled for you right away. But this was actually a tough fucking fight. But I did learn um, if you agree with Flemeth and let her just kind of fuck off and take her grimoire, you can lie to Morrigan. Oh, yeah. You can, <laughs> you can come back and be oh, like, yeah, yeah, I totally killed her. I. She's super dead. Like, she's the deadest that she could possibly be right now. <laughs>
2: which is so shitty. I can't even bring you back the ashes because those are dead too. They're dead.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so shitty, like, to even think about because Morgan does have such trust issues.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah, and she is a pretty honest person. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. for all of her flaws, she is very honest.
0: Yes, and, like... You might not like what she says, right. <laughs> but she doesn't care. She just says it unless she's trying to manipulate you. And yeah. since we're talking about her manipulation, we kind of passed over this, but she's this so is also there's this quote that she has that I love that I'm going. Are you going to say my favorite right quote? now? I think so. Yeah. Do you want to say you it, said Tawny? My favorite quote. Oh, you're gonna <laughs> give her the option? I did give a quote earlier from Morgan, so I'm willing to pass this one off to Tawny yeah. so oh, she can do it. I mean, without a doubt, Hope this is my it. favorite quote. Sure. Hope yeah. you enjoy it. <laughs> Definitely.
1: I mean, would you like to say it? Do you know nope, what it is? Nope. Nope, it's all right. It's because you don't have it in front of you written down. Nope, it's fine. I'm okay. Uh, so, men are always willing to believe two things about a woman. One, that she is weak. And two, that she finds him
0: attractive. Preach. Yes, I fucking love that quote. She said it quote. and I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, it's Morgan
2: is such a refreshing character for me in a role-playing game because yes. she gives zero fucks. about the patriarchy
0: yes because she wasn't she grew up with a crazy psycho older woman character as the only like (sighs) authority figure that she knew that she respected
1: like that's why i find it such an odd juxtaposition when she goes like so marshmallow like no see that's the thing like that's mm -hmm.
2: what happens when you find out you have feelings
0: Mm-hmm. And ah. I think this is a good time to transition into romance morgan talk cuz yeah, we right. focused a lot on her plot. Yeah. Like but it's true. But she, I yeah. love
1: she's really sweet to romance. Like I, she does. I she, liked it when she was like like witty, flirty and like oh, let's make fun of each other. Flirty. So as soon as she drops that and goes into like, "Oh, I'm just a girly girl marshmallow." I didn't like that. It felt like a
0: departure from her character. It felt like I don't feel like she really? went girly girl marshmallow as much as you're emphasizing it. Cuz she no,
1: it felt she, marshmallow-y.
0: she was she was very romantic, but she never she was never at any point as sweet as Liliana. You know, I like she had softness to her, but I don't think she was ever on that same sweet level, right? You know, I mean, I'll give you that, but like my entire
1: opinion of Leliana's romance is that she's made of sugar, (laughs) like,
0: (laughs) yes, that is true. She is. I think, like, what I liked a bit about Morrigan's is she's pretty open to it in a casual manner, right Right. out the gate, like, she approaches it as you know, we're just like working some things out. This isn't like any feelings. We're just being pragmatic. It's something we both want to do. It's
2: it's not even like, oh, we don't, it's a very distinct declaration that she does not need your presence. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which, I mean, I may have said that to people
0: in my life before. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) It feels a little bit like on the other side, like if if you're romancing Zevran. He takes things real light and casual at first, mm-hmm. but almost right away, like after you casually boink Morgan, the question comes up, like, "So was this a one-time thing or like mm-hmm. what?" Um, and she get that's when she gets kind of cute, awkward, which I appreciate. Yeah, that. I get that. I understand.
0: Um, but yeah, because so, then. It's opening up. It's like actual intimacy mm-hmm. that she's not familiar with because that has been around people. He mm-hmm. knows how to play with people. Exactly. She doesn't. Like she's not used to actual affection, which you start to show her once you start the whole romance thing, I feel like. So it's her not wanting it because she's not sure how to respond to it and how she wants to respond to it but she does want it because it makes her feel good and she likes it. And as you do these plot things in the background, she becomes more trusting of you Mm -hmm. and she's more able to trust your intentions and not wanting to trust that you actually feel this way because of the secret project Plymouth gave to her when she sent her off on on this quest with you, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, All of this time, you know, you give gifts, you flirt, you do all of this sweet stuff. At one point, she gives you a ring that I have been calling the ring of finding because (laughs) it's something Flemeth gave to her so she could keep track of her, but she gives it to you so she can find you. Yeah. And immediately she excuses it. She's like, "Well, you're kind of important. We probably shouldn't lose you. This is just to keep track of you, just in case of like emergencies."
2: <laughs> well, she then, ex- <laughs> but she then explains like, it, "I assume it goes both ways, but don't read anything
1: into it." Well, but yeah, can kind of make fun of her too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In like a fun, cute, flirty way. Like you can make Mm -hmm. fun of her and be like, "So does this mean something? You're giving me this because it means something." And she does her (laughs)
0: little awkward thing. She's like, "Shut up! (laughs) How dare you!"
2: (laughs) But I, I, as someone who's had the experiences of, "Oh, this is a," "Oh, no, I don't want to feel this." Like, Mm -hmm. I can kind of feel with that because, like, there's been. There's been times where it's like, it's just, you come off as a complete badass and I don't need you, but I do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's super fucking scary. Yeah. So I I guess I kind of relate to Morgan, or at least I'd like to think
0: I relate to Morgan. Because it's like, when you get into the romance, like, you have these conversations and you can pull her aside after a little while, after you guys have been intimate and you've done these quests and you can be like, so what is this really like, mm-hmm. what is this going to be something? And she's like, what do you mean? Like until like the blind is over, like until this, like she doesn't want to put any time on it because mm-hmm. she knows she can't because of her secret plot that we're going to get to. Sorry right. for that I keep referencing it, but it's <laughs> relevant. <laughs> Very relevant here. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: Here's a question that's mildly off topic. Topic: Is it just me, or do you get to have the video game sexes with Morrigan more than you do other characters? Two
1: times instead of once. I thought it was yeah. three. I, think it's just I two think three, including the secret. Well, you get the secret, and you get like the original sex scene.
2: No, you get two sex scenes. What two? Yeah. There were two of them in the playthrough I watched.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's I think- two total. Was it multiple? There's there's three three total. Maybe it was under a different selection. Googling. I know that you can do um, tent scenes multiple times. So I think they might have just done the plot related discussion ones. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. There are three. Because there's the initial one. Yeah. Where you do like the sexy, let's go to the. Yeah. (laughs) Let the sexy oh go to my tent where you can keep me warm, and then the next one you can invite her, and it's part of another conversation.
2: No, she there's okay.
0: It's not plot relevant. It's the exact same slow mo sex scene, so I'm sure they just cut it. (laughs)
2: There's there's one that the first one where oh it's warm in my tent blah blah blah. Then there's the second one where oh we're alone and it fades to black. Mm -hmm. Um. Then the there secret. is, there is the secret one. Mm-hmm. That's three
0: times. Yeah, and like, that that makes sense. I do yeah. find
2: it in- interesting that um at least in the playthrough that I watched, the kissing scene was after the sex scene, which I was like, "All right, yeah, weird,
0: that's weird good. Some that, but okay. some like intimacy after the sexy times. That's good." Mm-hmm. Oh no, <laughs> no, no! Like Even at any point. Yeah.
1: In any of the romances, if you talk to the person, you can be like, oh, let's go to my tent, and you get a kissing scene. No, it was was a plot-relevant. Yeah. 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 Oh, that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So there's, like, all of this weird stuff going on with her playthrough, and then you can ask her about the actual like intimacy and love that you guys might have for each other <laughs> and that's when it kind of goes downhill she mm-hmm. does not like that shit she's like um no yeah like i don't this isn't a good idea and you can talk her into it still kind of a little bit you can be persuasive and answer correctly and it doesn't break off like well, that's the pretty, relationship does explosive scene too like she
1: gets yeah. like really crazy about it and at the time i don't think like you, you get really it know why you're just like yeah. why are you being like this like what's mm-hmm. the big well, deal and there's the
2: because there's are you are you guys talking about the one where you're asking her to come to your tent and she's like no
0: the one right before that yes. where you have your okay. relationship talk. i appreciated
1: that scene i do want to talk yeah about that was that. great yeah. yeah that was lovely yeah. um that was yeah. really good to see but the one where you ask her like if so is this serious what's your plans for the future and she's like there are none. We
0: have no plans. Like, She's so like, what, do you want to get now. married and, like, raise a bunch of kids and, yeah. like, do all that kind of stuff? Mm. She gets real uncomfortable and yeah. takes it out on you pretty quick.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. some scary shit to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: then,
1: like, you can talk her around and she finally comes back to, like, all right, look, like, let's just say that I care
0: about you and you care about me. And that's, like, where we're at now. Cool? Mm-hmm. And you're like, Okay. And I I think we can probably say this much without spoiling the plot reveal that we're going to talk about at the end of her romance. She's not planning to be around after the stuff the fight has ended. Yeah. yeah. So this is like some stuff where you're talking about this deeper romantic feeling Mm -hmm. that she's starting to feel too and you're starting to try to make this a more permanent thing and talk about the love that you have and make plans with this person and want to be with them for the rest of your your life yeah and she knows that's not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) like she's aware of that but she can't tell you that because of the circumstances surrounding it Mm -hmm. and it's her feeling hurt that she can't have what you're showing that you want to have. Mm-hmm, yeah. And she's trying to deny to herself that she wants it because she doesn't want to want it. Well, this yeah. also you know? brings up
1: the scene that Sarah just mentioned where yes. your warden is like, All right, let's uh let's go to my tent. And she's like, um, nah. No.
0: And you're like I'm feeling it. Are you okay?
1: <laughs> uh, pardon, wait, what? Like, is everything good? And she's like, Yeah, just, I'm not feeling
0: it. Are you you're gonna like, try like to? It? Am I
2: yeah, am I like your pet that will just jump when you say jump? like no, girl, <laughs> back
1: off, and like, yeah, obviously, you can play your warden a couple of different ways at this
0: point., uh, yeah, you can always be a prick, yeah. but I <laughs> yeah, I yeah <laughs> it's and I think like, oh, I should have written down the exact quotes that she used, but it was like, am I just like here for your convenience, like that kind of stuff? It's mm-hmm. like. It was so good. And obviously, when I played through this personally, I was like, I mean, no, that's okay. Are you sure you're okay, though? I think yeah. you seem upset because she does. <laughs>
1: but yeah. I think you seem right. upset
0: and she doesn't want to talk about it. And then well, I it think sort she of just shuts it down
1: and she's just like, I just don't feel like boinking. Is that be like, mm-hmm. okay, we're done here? <laughs> and
0: you're like, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. I just. And then that it's abrupt it. Dragon Age BioWare conversation closure closer <laughs> that you can always do. With all right. Well, we'll no talk more about questions. this later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or that'll be all like that kind of stuff. is yeah. always good. <laughs> yeah. And then like as a character, cause in these games, you know, we've mentioned it a couple times, you can start these in-depth conversations with people mm-hmm. anywhere in the world yeah. and they'll just shift the camera to focus on your conversation where as stuff still goes on in the background. So you can be like in the woods, you can yeah. be in some chantry, you can be like in the middle of an important mission. <laughs> like literally yeah. you can have the conversations, whenever.
1: But I, I just truly really appreciated the, um, that they were showing the concept of consent and like, yeah. that that was even something that they input within the mm-hmm. game. Um, Cause I don't think that happens literally anywhere else. Like obviously The person that you're romancing is willing to go to your tent when you ask because you've been romancing them and that's been the whole point. Um, And I think this is the first, maybe the first display of someone being like, kind of don't want to, thanks.
0: Zevrin kind of does it too. I feel like they best did it in this game. Mm Mm-hmm honestly, because you get different flavors of it. You get Alistair. Well, Dare, I have finished my want... Romance, so. Okay, no so I'm not going
1: to say anything. <laughs> all right, all uh, right, I
0: won't spoil that one, even though okay. we did a spoiler warning at the beginning I, of the episode. I'm working I'm on kidding. it. Things I'm have been kidding. busy. The roof is leaking. It's fine.
1: I know, I well, know.
2: now you have your poking stick, so you don't have to worry about, about the your catchphrase.
0: <laughs> no more catchphrase and problems. Okay. <laughs> so Alistair shows it in the game by showing that he wants to slowly go into this like That's true. it very it matters to him he's not going to be rushed into it in terms of gameplay there's also a similar plot with zevran that i'm not going to get into because Tony hasn't finished his playthrough but for morgan she's able to take the step back once the relationship starts to make her uncomfortable and it doesn't matter that the Discomfort is coming from her experiencing more romantic feelings rather than losing feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, it's given, and how you can react to it, you can do whatever you want. But no matter how you react to it, I'm pretty sure there's no way you can sleep with her <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's it's a good example of ways that con- consent can be built into games mm-hmm. and made a part of the story, because, like Tony said, in video games once you usually achieve the romance parameters that you're required that's on the table available and no one ever
1: shuts you down at that point they're just like oh yeah, yeah i'm your play toy because yes. i'm animated that
0: way <laughs> like yeah like this is built into the game mechanics yeah. this is how it works so you press that button i go into the tent <laughs> <Yep>. so, <laughs> well it's, i mean
2: it it speaks to i mean exactly what you're saying the idea that consent inside of a relationship is super fucking important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I actually really liked this aspect of Morgan's romance, like the, not necessarily hot and cold, but they did more of a will they, won't they? Because they didn't make it an easy story that progressed in one smooth, angular uphill motion. Like you kind of get somewhere, you kind of get friends with benefits and then you think you're kind of getting into a romance way. And then it's like, oh, fuck, no. I'm making hand gestures. I'm sorry, podcast listeners that you can't see. <laughs> um, and then it's a roller coaster hill down. And then you can have another conversation with her. You can say, hey, I just want to have a conversation to make sure we're okay. And she can literally be like, oh, you mean how the tent thing? Like we didn't do the sexy times, basically. (laughs) And then you guys have another conversation about it. And this was my favorite conversation between them and her romance, honestly. This conversation, she's talking to you about her feelings and how she's uncomfortable that she wants to be with you and that she feels affection for you. And she doesn't like the dependence that she's starting to feel on the feelings she has and your feelings. Mm -hmm. And Morgan takes that moment to go, hey, tell me you don't want this. Tell me that you don't want this so we can stop because we should stop. This isn't something we should be doing. And I mean, I'm guessing if you're crazy, you can take that moment to be like, yeah, we can stop this, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, and break the romance. But when you do the romance answer of, I love you though, <laughs> she's pissed. Mm-hmm. She's like, you, how Are dare you? Yeah. Yeah. She goes off on you and she's mad. Like she's mad. She's like, why would you, she's upset that she can't bring herself to end it. Mm-hmm. Because she could. Well, I it's think this is fact- before
1: she's looped you in on the plan.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. definitely before then. Yeah. Like, she's upset because she can't tell you the things that she knows at this stage. And she can, can't can bring we, herself. Can we now get to what she knows? Yes. Yes. yes, I, yes, yes,
2: yes. I'm getting a little anxious now. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. We've danced around it
0: so much. Yeah. And I'm not sure why. <laughs> Because it's drama. If they it don't is, know it's very what dramatic. it is, I don't want to ruin it, it at very dramatic. Podcast. <laughs> because at the end of the day, you have this conversation and she's mad and you have the option to pair it up, but you eventually get to the final battle and meet the Grey Warden, Riordan, who has been sent, and we've mentioned a couple times, but he's been sent to help First of all, and second of all, the Grey Wardens know that in order to actually kill an Archdemon, you as a Grey Warden or a Grey Warden attending the battle must die. Mm -hmm. The closest Grey Warden, which is usually the one killing the Archdemon, just in terms of physics and how stabbing things work, (laughs) is
1: the yeah, one I mean, that's how stabbing things works
0: yeah. yeah so what you know is revealed here that if you kill the archdemon without a gray warden the archdemon itself jumps into the body of a darkspawn so then that darkspawn takes on the role of archdemon and Dark spawn are never ending so they will just keep doing this as long as normal people are killing them However, sure. very similar to the thing in Mass Effect 3. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and along those lines, that's sort of also when it's revealed why Grey Wardens are given Darkspawn blood in their joining process. There's an entire fancy cup ceremony at the beginning of the game that you're kind of After like, you gross, I drunk. Die. Uh, two-thirds of them die. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and oh, yeah. It's not
0: bad. Two-thirds? Yeah. Yeah. Two th- yeah. Oh, well, I mean. You know, it's a good chunk. It's a pie Mm -hmm. slice, (laughs) but (laughs) I think you learn that in order to kill the archdemon, the only way to do it is if a gray warden is there to accept the bounced soul, because part of the joining process makes that attracted to you. So you kill the archdemon, it goes into the gray warden, and then you as the gray warden and the archdemon die. And at this point in the game, depending on choices, you could have three to four Grey Wardens present. Technically, two to three, considering Riordan tries really hard to kill it, but oh my gosh, falls off its back as it's flying up in the sky like a dragon does and dies. Well, the no, third um, would only be if you have made Loghain a Grey Warden,
1: which. Yes. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Most noise. people I just kill, kill that guy. He's pretty dick. <laughs>
0: oh, wait.
2: You cannot kill him? Yeah. Yes. We yes. actually we talked about this on Alistair's. Yeah. I just. It blocks out of my mind because it makes no, yes, no sense to not yep. kill him.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah.
2: Same. Just fuck that guy. Yep.
0: <laughs> You're <laughs> that big of a one- traitor. I, we're done now. <laughs> I literally just did it long enough to get the achievement and then I went back to my previous save. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. So you learn that that is the fact in the battle with the archdemon. And after you learn this information, suddenly Morgan pulls you aside to have a conversation in your room and reveals why Flemeth sent her along for the blight ride.
2: She's gotta have a God baby.
0: She needs to have a warden, baby. And the way for that to make sense is she wants a gray warden to sleep with her and impregnate her as part of a ritual that attracts the archdemon to her womb, cleansing it of the taint, which is ironic.
1: Like, this (laughs) is such a weird thing because the wardens are sterile, almost.
0: Wardens are very nearly sterile. Magic, though, but, and she does specify it has to be a new gray warden, yeah, because they she s- says reording can't do it, but like there,
2: there are you are told in the game that newer gray wardens aren't completely sterile yet. Right. I don't remember when it happens,
1: but so here's a question How many
0: times have you already boinked Morgan? You have been theoretically been using period accurate contraception. Because nobody needs to be getting pregnant mid war with the blight. What period accurate contraception? Okay, all right. There's I mean, many. Okay, magic. You know, and all also right. there's. The I'll go with. I'll think like Tamara Pierce out method. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a lot of methods that have been used for contraception. Throughout I'm going time to decide <laughs> that it's very Tamara
1: Pierce in the Song of Us series. Nope there's there's a charm that mages can give you. Yeah, <laughs> so sure that you wear on a necklace because yeah. magic so that's what i mean right. i'm gonna de- i've decided that oh okay. sure
0: okay <laughs> whatever makes you feel comfortable <laughs> i'm assuming that Morgan would take precautions because she knows to be impregnated via ritual and that she literally says e- on the eve of battle so <laughs> it's like pretty fresh. It has it's to be so a pretty weird. fresh impregnation that doesn't science up without how impregnation actually works in real life, but this is a fantasy setting. So I'll let it fly, <laughs> but <laughs> she reveals that this is required in order for this process to work. And she knew when she set out that she needed to complete this ritual in order to receive the tainted old God, which is what the arch demons <laughs> are. <laughs> into her <clears> womb <throat> and then she would have this old god baby which i'm going to be referring to as just throwing out this name randomly kieran um just <laughs> <if> <laughs> randomly yeah just a random name that i threw out
2: <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah i'm gonna call bullshit on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i said it wasn't spoiler free okay oh um oh yeah <laughs> uh-huh yeah yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. totally random. Yeah. So, yep. um, the thing that's really weird about this ritual. Totally
0: not a son. <laughs> I'm going to say, is that there is multiple ways this can be handled in terms of game. When you're a female character, you have to convince Loghain and or Alistair to do it. Or if you've murdered Loghain, literally just Alistair. It's I only gave it because that's the literal options that are available depending on how I play the game. (laughs) Um you can push it off to Alistair, I still think. If you're a guy.
2: I don't think I think you can. If you're romancing her, I don't think you can No,
1: I think you're right. I think if you're romancing her, I think it has to be. If
2: neither one of you are if you're not romancing her, I think you can push it off.
0: Okay. Yeah. So You can also reject it, (laughs) which means that someone's going to die. You die. And there's two additional options. You can sleep with Morgan without the ritual. You could say no to the ritual, but still sleep with Morgan and impregnate her. But. Because you're in love. So then you still die? And then you die because you didn't do the ritual or another Grey Warden might, you know, you never know. Because there is multiple ways that the final battle may go depending on choices and how Alistair behaves or Logan behaves, I guess. How does that affect Inquisition? It has rippling effects. It I, comes up. Um. It doesn't come up for me because I always do the ritual. <laughs> but I mean, no I usually, difference. you know, sacrifice myself upon the blade of the archdemon, yeah. as we all <laughs> know. Oh. And the other one is that you can just do the ritual with her. And, you know, it's a very romantic scene where she tells you the truth. That after this, if the ritual's completed, well, I should say, if you don't do the ritual, she's going to leave that night. Yeah. on the eve of battle, she's just going to go and disappear. Yeah, she and if gonna you help. if you do complete the ritual, she will fight in the battle, but she's gone as soon as it's done. Mm-hmm. As soon as the archdemon is killed and the ritual is complete and she's received the old god soul, she's gone. She's leaving and he can't come with her and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like this is the fear that she's been holding this entire time because this Thing that she's going to have, this child is going to be born with the soul of an old god, and she doesn't want anybody tainting the plans that she has for raising him or how she wants him to grow up in the world. And it's non negotiable. Like, legit, at the end of this game, there's no option that's not this. Morgan is gone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's such an interesting take like it's all of this hot and cold and then this big reveal for what was like holding her back this entire time and she started to gain feelings for you and also the fact that she would be running off with your child without you having a chance and it's whether or not it's a a old god or not if you sleep with her without the ritual she's still impregnated Mm -hmm. and she still leaves with kieran you know and it's such a weird as a rule i don't like pregnancy plot lines
1: (laughs) yeah i'm not a fan as a woman, i mean and in this particular case like the playthrough that i watched the warden the guy the person who was playing the male warden
0: -hmm. Was
1: like, okay, but this is still my kid and it's still important to me. I'll never see them again. And she's like, nope, never. Fuck you. Sorry. And Yeah. yeah, like you can ask the question like 18 different ways, and the answer is still, nope, you will never see this child. And that's final. And there's no discussion about it.
0: And you know what's so weird? I'm not even really mad about that because she talks to you about this before you have sex. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't want her to run off with your unborn child, you can just not have sex with her. Yeah, but there is a DLC. There is, but this is like the game (laughs) game.
1: I find it interesting. You make the agreement, right? Like you make the agreement. You're like, okay, fine. I will have no contact with this child. And then there's a DLC where you're like, I'm going to go find Morgan and my goddamn kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then like you get fucking stabbed. Right. Yeah.
0: Or you go into the mirror with her. There yeah. is the possibility that you do enter the magical elven alluvian mirror, which goes into another dimension. <laughs> where another she plans to raise Dimension Plays yeah. a big part in uh, Inquisition. Yeah. Inquisition <laughs> has a lot to do with those. And, like, it's legit. Like, at the end, you have the final conversation with her where she talks about, she kind she doesn't regret having this relationship with you and she's tempted to stay and she mm-hmm. regrets that she has to leave, but she's still leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, she loves you and bye. <laughs> like basically. <laughs> it's uh I think there's also like an Easter egg where she shows up as a cat at the end too, doesn't she? That uh, I don't know. I thought during like the award ceremony at the end. There's like a cat. Oh, yeah, yep. on the ground. And mm-hmm. I always thought that was Morgan. That was like a Morgan reference. Yep.
1: There is a, another thing called Castle Cats, and one of them is named Morgan. So when I googled it, that's what I'm coming across. That's funny. God, yeah, no, I know
0: exactly what you're looking at because <laughs> that kept happening to me when I was looking up information for this episode. But yeah, but I Easter mean, egg and hope that I don't come up with more weird things for Castle Cats. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I mean, I think like in terms of her character arc and even though they did like a pregnancy plot line, I didn't hate it. Like the way that they handled the consent wasn't great. Like we've talked about that before. Like the What's idea is when you're still- forcing Alistair to it. Like when your warden like makes the decision, it, it's a you're different still. Thing. So even when it's your warden, the idea is sex or death. So it's still coercion. <laughs> but like we said before, yeah. it's like a magical weird scenario the, where it's like fuck or die basically. The, the, <laughs> the, no, I think it's uh
2: I don't I don't think it's that Okay. So it's not only save your life, it's mm-hmm. no warden will ever have to die slaying an archdemon ever again. Theoretically, because you don't learn the ritual yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, that's what she said. You says. know there's an option. I would, if it was me and I were the warden and I was beginning mm-hmm. of that choice, I'd be like, wait, so all I have to do is have the coitus mm-hmm. and I don't die. None of the other Grey Wardens die? Future Grey Wardens won't die? We're just breaking The the cycle?
0: Okay. So the thing is, it only works in that scenario. Like, it's not one archdemon that bounces around. The Blight is an infection, kind of. So when another old god is tainted, they raise as a new archdemon to do the Blight. Because they've killed great, like, they've killed archdemons before right like they've stopped it before so i don't think it's like an end all it's an option that there's a way to do it without dying so you know that exists but it's for this particular battle is it's like a one-time use ritual i think that's the like the biggest thing like yeah
1: it, it still feels weirder to me when you're like hey alistair fuck morgan and we'll all live but when when it's your male warden who has been romancing morgan
0: i i think it's an absolutely different conversation Mm -hmm. see like i think the magic is the only thing here that really excuses it honestly like it's not her coercing coercing you out of like a power trip yeah or just yeah. for the purpose of having sex because she has sex with alistair and she fucking hates alistair right. and she's forced to but also so, it's not like
1: you've never had sex before right like like you've you and morgan have obviously gotten down a few
0: times so i mean I would, yeah i would be careful in, because coercion can still happen even if you agreed to do that before but absolutely but I in think this situation this if, is a scenario where if you're weighing the option between having sex or death, of course you're always gonna choose sex in most cases. Mm-hmm, yeah. Unless it's like you'll die, but it's for a good cause, I guess, wouldn't be the worst. But well in in this
1: situation she also you have the option of, like you said, boinking without doing the ritual so there's also yeah. some idea like she puts out all the options on the table
0: mm-hmm. and
1: like really honestly it just opens the entire thing to you and says like these are the things this is the options this is the magic behind it i was gonna say the science behind it but that's not <laughs> it um the magic behind magic it. is just science we don't understand
0: yet <laughs> oh, sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> um but she lays out all of the options and then like leaves the ball in your court and you have every power to make all of the decisions, ask a bunch of questions first Mm -hmm. and then make a choice.
0: Yeah, I know we we've gone over the entire consent surrounding the ritual of old God baby before. So I don't think we necessarily need to rehash Kieran's conception Mm -hmm. (laughs) again, but I think like in terms of romance, it can be very romantic. Like it's, it's your last hurrah with Morgan, first of all, in theory, if you don't know about the Witch Hunt DLC, which naming it Witch Hunt, oh God. The fact that they made me not hate a pregnancy plotline, though, I was impressed by. I, by and large, always hate a pregnancy plotline, <laughs> but they didn't completely screw this one up, I feel like.
2: Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, there's problematic things with it, but mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's I think... Tea and cake or death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. And I think, like, to top it off, I consider the end of the Witch Hunt DLC as a potential additional ending to mm-hmm. fully flesh out this romance. Mm-hmm. And it also leads to some Morrigan stuff that I don't like. So I do kind of want to touch on it. But the witch hunt leads you to Flemeth's hut where you find people that are also searching for Morrigan after this gameplay is over. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of go into this fun little adventure quest, which leads you to Morrigan who's in front in of a Dalish mirror called an alluvian, which is basically a doorway, a magical one. And you can talk to her. Like, you can say, hey, uh, how's it going? She tells you to keep your distance or she'll be gone forever and you'll never find her again. And you have the chance to discuss with her, like, and she gives you a warning about Flemeth that she's a lot more dangerous than everybody in the initial game thought, which is true. Mm And you have the option to talk to her a little bit about Kieran and have the option to join her. Like you can appeal to her and like the love because the ring of finding that she gives you during this plot is what pushes you to try to find her and leads you to her, you know? So I always think of it as the ending of this romance is when the warden joins her and steps through the alluvian to be with Morrigan and Kieran, which is why I'm not super pleased about her additional stuff and inquisition, but <laughs> there's a lot yeah. to it, you know, but this also did like the entire Morgan stealing shit from the Dalish, which I hate yeah. so much. <laughs> but
1: I mean, we yeah. have discussed that she has kind of a, uh, Flexible morality when it comes to stealing.
0: Yeah. I still don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I, as somebody who consistently plays Dalish characters um, and sort of show, like, can see how people of color would relate to... Yeah, like, just stealing cultural items of theirs yeah. because you can quote-unquote understand it better because you were taught by, spoiler alert, an old god in human form that was around for all of that bullshit mm-hmm. um, isn't cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they literally introduce an elven character in the second game that deals directly with alluvians. Yes. So I feel like bringing morrigan into inquisition i'm jumping i'm sorry bringing morrigan into into inquisition as a subject matter expert on alluvians mm-hmm. and a potential drinker from the well of sorrows which is a dalish religious site <laughs> it's very colonizer fucked up yeah. exactly <laughs> i don't care if she grew up in the woods like she's a human character at the end of the day yeah and I'm not a fan of that in particular.
1: And being a an apostate makes that zero percent better. So, <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. I fucking never... love Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to unpack that?
2: <laughs> no, I just, I just fucking love Morgan. I think she's great.
1: <laughs> I so. This is the thing for me. Like I appreciate where the characters coming from and what they tried to do, but I just there's some of the execution of the writing that just feels really off to me. And like
2: You know you I, live in the woods for like all of your life and then somebody tries to be nice to you,
1: you'd be awkward too. That I get that. But like having this super hard ass, badass exterior is the thing that I really appreciate. Oh, and then yeah. the fact that to be in a romance, Morrigan has to become this fluffy little girlish marshmallow, like, I don't love that. Because it, it it creates this, like, to be in this relationship, she needs to be feminine in some way. And in most other ways, she doesn't fit the feminine gender stereotypes, if See, you will. See,
2: now, and it I, would, bothers me. I would argue that it's not necessarily bringing about feminine gender stereotypes, but the personality stereotype of hard badass on the outside, super fluffy, marshmallowy
0: center. And I always considered her opening up more of showing vulnerability, not necessarily her becoming like a sweet little marshmallow, because she's still pretty rough with you.
1: You can show vulnerability without it. Like, there are a few scenes in particular, and I wish I had written down the quotes, where she says a few things where I'm just like, that was... That was really weird and it came out of left field and it doesn't feel like your character at all. And I really wish I, <laughs> ah, God, I should have written it down. But there were one or two moments that I was just like, pardon? Excuse me?
0: Mm-hmm. What the fuck?
1: And I don't know. It just struck me as really strange. For the most part, I really appreciated like the banter, the mm-hmm. witty banter and the, the light teasing that like a lot of relationships get into. and And mm-hmm. I liked that bit. But as soon as she had to go, like, super hyper girly, I didn't love it. And I, it just struck me as odd. And maybe it works for other people, but.
2: Yeah, I, I guess I don't. I guess I just, I guess I don't see the super hyper girly. But that's, I mean, I just, that's probably just me.
0: Yeah, I so. didn't see, like, the super sweetness that you're referencing. Maybe that's just from how I interpret it. Interpreted their conversations mm-hmm. and things like that. But I know that um I can see where that kind of comes from because she's such a high level on the hard ass side mm-hmm. that transitioning into like more of a normal vulnerability or romanticism might have come across even sweeter than it might have seemed to us. And I think like, this is something that comes up and we slightly referenced it with the mirror. They have her growing up in the woods and a, prama- a pragmatic person and all of like the recommended gifts for her are very shiny, pretty ball, bo- bobbly things, mm-hmm. which they have like a reason for in her backstory. So I, I consider that like it fits, you know, yeah. for her character, but like there are certain things that then, go into the super feminine side right like we sort of see that with Liliana as well with her loving shoes and fashion and stuff like that whereas you sort of see her as like a cloistered sister it seems Mm -hmm. more like a fleshing out than I guess like stereotyping Mm -hmm. from my viewpoint at least oh
2: yeah you know I yeah I kind of I yeah because like with me personally I am of course relating this all to myself like me personally I work in the sewer department I'm going through woods to collect water samples I am opening up manholes I am you know lifting 350 pound manhole lids to get a sample of something or whatever like I'm running around I buff as shit (laughs) (laughs) trying to be um but my makeup is fucking on point when I do it.
0: <laughs> like, well, that's the
1: yeah. thing. Like, like there, it, it, and it seems to me, and I'm one of these people too. Like, I tend to be a little more like hypermasculine when it comes to most things. But like, which is fine. When like, your girl totally. wants to dress up, your girl can dress up, right? Like
2: that's <laughs> that's how that's exactly how I feel about Morrigan's behavior.
1: But it just it normally feels like it just kind of comes out of nowhere for me, and Does this it feel, is so it just
2: kind of feels forced, yes, okay, yeah, okay, I could see that
1: like there's <laughs> it it like the first time that it that she came out like super girly and and like giggly, I was like there was no indication that this was there was no indication uh, <laughs> and then it happens a few more times, and every single time it just like hit. Hit my ear, and I was just like, "Ah, what?" Be like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Yeah, (laughs) I don't like, like, no, not on the voice actress, not on Claudia Black, but it's in the writing. It's in the writing. Oh Uh, yeah, nothing. (laughs) Claudia Black is flawless. Exactly. Come at me, I'll fight you. Exactly.
2: (laughs) So,
0: yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we've kind of,
2: I think we've kind of hashed out everything we can with the Morgan romance. So I think. Was there uh,
0: anything specific like? in favorite moments or best parts of romance that you guys had in particular i actually
1: really appreciated the bit where she turns you down for 10 moment like i like that was i i was it made me really 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 happy that they even included that and that, Mm -hmm. that 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 was a kind of a big plot point and they kind of did make a big deal out of it and it was like she explained that she just wasn't fucking feeling it and it was nice. nice.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really good moment for me. I, I do actually like the, um, the ring gift moment. Yeah. Because it's so much (laughs) backpedaling and no, this doesn't mean anything. You're important and, uh, mm, um, kind of reminds me of, tawny's adorable moments of awkwardness
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and role-playing games i'm yeah. sorry yeah. i should She's probably y'all watch theater them. of the mind players and you'll find out it's <laughs> yeah. it's especially pretty the
0: last episode oh, oh my god. god so amazing it'll be out on podcast next friday the... to when we're releasing this though no,
1: Friday. Oh, it'll be actually the previous Friday from when this is released.
0: So after you finish our episode, you can fire up the latest episode at Theater of the Mind Players. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get all the awkward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the awkward. Yeah. Really <laughs> and obviously, I already mentioned that I want you to say that you don't want to do this anymore scene as my favorite. Mm. I still think that. Had a lot of vulnerability and so much charging of everything going on behind the scenes that I just love it. Mm-hmm. I love that part.
1: Yeah, is this that time for too. our fuck rating? It sure is. All right. <laughs> Insert fuck haiku here.
2: Fuck, fuck, fuck,
1: fuck, fuck, fuck,
2: fuck, fuck,
0: fuck, 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 Okay. I'm still worried. I usually it. am pretty good because I have just a four out of five scale, so I can jump in.
2: <laughs> yeah, Jordan usually goes first.
0: So I rated this fuck rating as five out of five. What? I <laughs> love Morgan. I do. I think I know you had some problems with like her character arc, and I consider her a whole character that's fleshed out. Okay. I thought the flirting interactions were great because most of the time she was sassy and you were able to catch her off guard to where she gets awkward and doesn't know how to respond to actual intimacy the get-together was good because there's multiple of them and also because the initial one is just straight up confidence. she's like yeah let's do it and she like totally comes on strong Pre-ending cutscene, I'm considering the Kieran ritual cutscene, just for actual depth of character, (laughs) Um, which I think is also handled well. I mean, they kind of built the game around that in a certain way, you know? Like, she's kind of the main romance that they were considering for the male character. And as we all know, games are developed for the men, so (laughs) it's sort of, like, the way they handled it there... I feel like actually brought closure and stuff to their story, you know, without DLC. And then I consider the ending as two. Like, you have the option of running away with her in the alluvian. Or you can end at Dragony Age Origins, where it comes true. Like, it has that bittersweet, we knew this was gonna happen, it happened, and then you get the ending epilogues about how she was seen running off towards the Frostback Mountains and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: all of that stuff. I love, love, love that blog. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to say, it's a five out of five for me, dog. (laughs) I think that's a little much, but (laughs) all right.
1: I came up with mine. Mine, my rating for Morgan is like when you live in an apartment that has a really sheisty water heater and you're never quite sure – what the temperature level is gonna be and so like you warm it up a little bit before you get in but you get in and it's still kind of lukewarm but then like 30 seconds later it's gone really fucking hot and so you turn it down but then it's too cold and you just can't quite get the temperature right so you keep fiddling with it until finally you're done with your stupid shower <laughs> and then it's the perfect temperature at the end
2: And then you forget you realize that you forgot to rinse out your hair so you have to go through and it you
1: all have again. to and then it's cold.
0: <laughs> this has yes. helped me find out how you actually think about Morgan so much. It's really a good, accurate portrayal of your thought process.
2: Tommy. <laughs> That's why we do these. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's good. That is good. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, for Morrigan's romance, uh, on a scale of official concept art to a rabbit hole of fan <laughs> art on DeviantArt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, for backstory, that's what Sarah and I were doing back and forth while Jordan lost internet. Was lots of deviant art sharing.
0: <laughs> I'm Sorry say, to say, go for it.
2: I'm gonna say, Fenris's sweet sweet lyrium tattooed butt.
0: That's literally the one that I was watching while I was waiting <laughs> for my internet to, to connect. That was the one that I clicked open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I think we're. I think we're gonna legit. We should legitimately. uh, d- We should really <laughs> check it with this RR artist
1: see if she wants to come and talk at us. Uh, just at
2: least at the very least, link the artist in the, in, in the, in the, show, the notes. show notes. Yeah. We Should
0: do that. We should do that. <laughs> she really gave us so much to work with here. I mean, oh, I'll do like,
1: that. I'll do that when mm, I upload.
0: <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> y'all
1: need to see it.
2: It the butts.
1: The yeah
2: yeah but also the iron <laughs> anyway. yeah um so i i really i mean i really like morgan and i think it's a very um i think it's a good representation of the of her background it yes. may have it could have been executed a little more with clean. a little more finesse
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: but it's still pretty cool and I, I mean,
0: yeah,
1: I, like, we have to remember, this is 2009, right? Like, this is really this right. game, like, yeah. kind of of its kind.
0: Right. So, and she's- the only one before this was the character arc saying, well, we shouldn't do this. There's a lot going on with the whole, like, threat <laughs> that we're facing. We really shouldn't do this. Oh, Joker almost caught us almost kissing. And then, oh, we're about to die in battle. We should boink, and then that's it. So I <laughs> right. feel like this is a vast improvement. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a big, yeah. Big step.
2: Like it's really it's um, and I I do I do appreciate Morgan as
1: a stepping stone.
2: Oh well, she's a damn good strong female character.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. like I'll give it that.
0: Like and not like the muscle I lift. Good strong female character. Right. Like an actual Willful. built character of yeah. a woman that Wait. has strength. <laughs> like I will
2: laser eye you to death. Strong. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's
2: but that's my definition. If you yeah. laser eyes you are strong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's accurate.
2: That's actually true. <laughs> oh god damn this picture of Zevrin.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, Fenris, that one Fenris. Of, that's, Oh.
1: I sent yeah, you that one I'm... of Zev though, right? Anyhow.
2: Yeah, uh, oh, damn. Okay, so... We got to link this artist.
1: Oh, yeah. So, okay. thank you <laughs> thank for joining you, us. Listeners, <laughs> thank you so thank much. You. <laughs> uh, as we discussed Morrigan and Claudia Black, uh, yeah. we have one more person left in the pantheon of Dragon Age Origins. Mm-hmm. We will to Zevron probably next.
0: Yes, uh, my
2: boy. <laughs>
1: find us on a... Facebook, Insta. Just,
2: just find a Zevran pick.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> huh. Uh Facebook, Instagram, yep. Twitter.
0: Rate, share, subscribe, follow us. All of those places. Uh, we uh, have other check podcasts. out our sister podcast at Theater of the Mind Players. Mm-hmm. And
2: check me out on Plot Points Podcast and also Encounter Party, a Ravnica radio adventure.
1: And I also have the not so Bigfoot thing about hiking backpacking more specifically than just regular people hiking anyhow (laughs) uh i'm tawny p thompson i'm jordan fishburne
2: and i'm sarah babe and this has been romancing the game and remember see you next time consent is sexy consent is so sexy
0: oof yum
1: (laughs) (laughs) be safe wear a mask we love you all
0: bye stay healthy